Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. This episode is super special to me. I interviewed one of my oldest and dearest friends, and we just went completely off the rails talking about whatever just kind of came to mind. You're really going to feel like a fly on the wall between two best friends just going to town, telling sex stories, some that are hilarious, some that are cringeworthy, some that were just really good learning lessons. But the main topic I had Kelly come on to talk about today was her experiences with cancer. She's had a double mastectomy and a hysterectomy. And I really wanted someone's perspective on what it's like to keep your sexuality going after you've had surgery and a change like this in life. We talked about femininity, kink and BDSM, and what dating was like when she was going through treatment. And since, she's had... Trust me, after you listen to this episode, you will see it, it didn't necessarily slow her down one bit, but she definitely had to alter her thinking and gain some perspective so that she could move forward as a sexual being after all of this. On my show today, I have a very special guest who has been basically a lifelong friend. I have known her since fifth grade. That's crazy. I know, right? How many fucking years is that? Over 30. Oh, Lord, shut up. So, yes, a friend for 30 years. This is my friend Kelly Batiste. Welcome to the show. Hey. By calling you your name, that dictates what we're going to be able to talk about, but that's okay. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. We can do a, a pseudonym show one day. It'll yeah. just go on Patreon only or something like that. Okay. So, um, yeah, we won't talk about anything that would. Um, Make you lose your job. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, embarrass your, your daughter or anything like that. Yeah. So, but hey, I want to do talk about what it's like being a single mom and sex and also teaching someone who's a teenager, right? Isn't she 13 now? She's going to be 13. 13? Yeah. God. Yeah. So sex talk with kids. Yeah. We've always been kind of open about it. Boys are not on our radar. I asked her, I was like, Lily, you know, um, are there any boys you like? And she's like, No. I like dogs better, and some boys look better as drag queens. I was like, well, fuck. There we go. <laughs> I love There's your my answer. So much. I love her. <laughs> I, okay. All right. That's fine. Yeah. She's smart as a whip. and She's funny. She's a hoot. So definitely have lots of things to talk about okay. today because, I mean, hell, we both have incredibly adventurous sex lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I do definitely want to talk about what, like I said, what it's like having a uh, burgeoning teenager in the house talking about, mm. you know, sex. But one of the most important things I wanted to have you on to talk about today has been your experience over the last year. Okay. There's a lot of folks out there who have been affected by cancer, mm-hmm. um, especially women who've been affected by breast cancer mm-hmm. and the subsequent treatments and how that affects their sexuality. Yeah. And... I thank you so much for being here to talk about it so openly because you are just that person. (laughs) I hope somebody in my situation with the cancer that I have and the situation that I have, they would hear this and be like, oh shit, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. Or, 
okay, you know, I can do this. I can get back out there and it's okay. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about some of your journey over the last year. So the background story is my mom, both of my grandmothers and six of my aunts died from breast cancer. There's myself and one other person alive. Um, Everybody in my family gets it twice. You don't beat it the second time. We are all BRCA negative. So we have a genetic mutation they don't study. Mm. And so when I met with a genetic counselor, she was like, you know, maybe in 10 years we'll know. Oh, okay. So it's not BRCA, but it is a genetic thing. Yeah. So basically they expanded my genetic panel out to 84 and there's nothing in modern science that I have in my family that's linked to breast cancer. Hmm. So, but, but there's something there. Yeah. everybody in my family has the same kind. Mm-hmm. So that's why they know there's a genetic defect. We just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So I have invasive ductal uh, breast cancer, stage three. It's grade B or C. It's, al- it's almost stage four. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I'll never be in remission. And it's not a matter of if it spreads, it's when it spreads. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of made me more ballsier than I ever was. <laughs> That I ever was before. Yeah. And we're, we're 39. We're, yep. what, 11 days apart? Yep. Yep. Breast cancer, like, I've had guys who, when before I had my mastectomy, who, when I still had hair, too, were like, oh, okay, it doesn't bother you because I don't look sick yet. Mm-hmm. And then once I started going through chemo and lost my hair, I looked sick. And mm-hmm. I actually had a guy, like, stop talking to me and stop having sex because of it. Mm-hmm. And I, it hurt, but on the other hand, I'm like, fuck it. Did he say anything, or did he just kind of ghost you? Uh, it was implied and ghosted. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. It's fine. And then, you know, I'm very upfront about it. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. You know, if I'm talking to a guy, I'm like, hey, what do you want to know about it? Ask me. Because if this is going to be a problem, tell me now because I'm not going to waste your time or my time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of how you flow. Yep. Like, let's let's pull the, pull the Band-Aid off. Let's get this over with. Yeah. So you made the decision to, you know, you had to move forward, obviously, with a mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really your only option. But... Mm-hmm. You chose to not do reconstructive surgery. Flatties. You got got plans for a chest piece tattoo. Yep. Flatties unite. Um, Flatties unite. (laughs) Allergan, the number one implant that they used for a breast cancer patient was the Allergan Smooth Implant. It was pulled off the European market three years before it was pulled off the American market. Mm. It was only pulled off the market last year. Oh. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the number one implant, and women who were having it were getting leukemia. Oh. And we're dying from it. And then a lot of these women would go in and try and get these, um, call it explant, get your implants out and go flat. And pe- doctors weren't doing it because they weren't sick yet. So I made the decision to not have reconstruction. I don't need breasts to feel feminine. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want an implant masking a tumor that's there that I can't feel. And besides, when mm-hmm. you have implants, you're not going to have the sensations. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've met other breast cancer patients that do have implants and they regret it. Mm. the pain the constant surgeries the bullshit I don't want any of that mm-hmm. well most importantly it's you know what your path is probably going to be mm-hmm. with this cancer and if a tumor does arise like you need to be able to catch it early and mm-hmm. yeah if an implant inhibited that then yep why do it yep and it's just it's I've always had large heavy breasts mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. digging the yeah no we were the thing. big titty club yeah. members yeah <laughs> I'm digging the no boob thing. Like I don't wear a bra. How's your back been? My shoulder, my, my mine for my shoulder. My back's great. Mm-hmm. I need to sit with better posture because I feel me sitting like this because of it. I want to get one of those posture corrector harnesses. They're really cheap on Amazon, girl. They're only like twenty bucks. I like want to get it bucks. because I noticed my posture difference since my surgery because I sit like this. Yeah. Well, and you also had surgery under your arm for lymph nodes as well. Yeah, they took they took uh, nine lymph eight or nine lymph nodes out of the right, so my cancer was on the right, and all my lymph nodes were positive. Mm-hmm. 
So um, I had a 3.2 inch tumor growing in my right breast. It was actually two tumors growing together. Mm. I had gone two years without a mastectomy and that's when this had started. It was two years. Yeah. Because I didn't have health insurance. I know. I didn't realize it was that long. Yep. I had um, all the signs of breast cancer except nipple discharge. Mm. Like if you look at it, like the cancer side was like this perky 16 year old boob and the other one was like this 30 year old skin bag. Mm. Like you couldn't miss it Mm -hmm. to the point that I was Mm self-conscious. So you moved back here, started your treatment, except you got health insurance. That's the fucking shitty part. Oh God. I thought you just had bad health insurance out there. I didn't realize you had no health insurance. I had no health insurance, no. I would have, had I stayed in Vegas, I would have died from my cancer because of paying out of pocket before I ever had treatment. Yeah. So moving back to Kansas City was the best thing I did. Fuck our insurance system oh and our God. healthcare system, man. Mm. Don't get me started on why healthcare should be not for profit, but oh anyway, God. or Medicaid for all. So you also had a hysterectomy. Yeah, I had a full, it's called a radical hysterectomy. So I have no ovaries, no cervix, nothing. Because my cancer was um, estrogen, progesterone positive, HER2 negative. My ovaries and all the hormones in my body were feeding my cancer. Mm. Um, a lot of times breast cancer goes to cervix or cervix goes to the breast. So mm. I was like, it's cutting down real estate that it can go to. So I'm in full-blown menopause at 39. It's actually not that bad. The hot flashes are kind of shitty. But there is something incredibly liberating about having sex after hysterectomy. Because <laughs> no I'm like, there's more nothing. Birth control. There's nothing. And I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind I of mean, you're still using condoms and choosing who you fluid bond with. But Correct. no more worry about pregnancy. Fuck no. Holy good God. That's a economically liberating Thing. I'm 39. My daughter's almost 13. I am not trying to start over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. God, no. No. Well, my favorite times were men with vasectomies. Right? <laughs> all, and see, that's even better. You get two, you relax. You get two neutered people together, and it's, it's a free-for-all. <laughs> it's great. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This is why I love you. <laughs> but prior to that, having sex with a man with a vasectomy... It was awesome Mm -hmm. because I'm like, hell yeah, you know, you're fixed. I like pregnancy is zero option, but there's always that medically in the back of your mind. There's still the chance. There's still that percent. Now that I know that I'm good on my end, it's awesome. I highly recommend hysterectomy to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I'm at the point where I don't take birth control right now. Um, I mean, I use condoms. Mm Mm-hmm except the one partner I'm fluid bonded with right now. Mm-hmm. But in the back of my mind, every time I'm like, there's a little bit of semen in your pre-cum. And, mm-hmm. you know, just those mm-hmm. things get in my head. So, yeah, I'm always kind of like, mm-hmm. a little bit, unless I've, you know, had enough of something to make me relax. Mm-hmm. But I even thought about, like, with this partner, if we stay together, what do I need to figure out? Because I am not going to have a goddamn kid in my 40s. Um, Fuck that prior to my hysterectomy i had an iud for almost nine years i had to take mine out i only had it for three years and it had so much pain oh my and God. i'm pretty sure i have pid from it now i had two mm-hmm. um i fucking loved it uh, the only thing i didn't like about it is it did nothing for my acne did you do morena or yep. the non okay see, I, had I did two morenas i did morena mm-hmm. um i thought about doing the copper one but i saw someone just came out about that shit too yeah so that's the thing too, like putting all this stuff in our bodies, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't really want to do Depo Provera. Have you done no, that before? Hell no, I no. Um, I've read of the side effects, and they just seem like they're too much. And as much as hormonal pill birth control affects me, I can only imagine what. It, no, from a medical standpoint, fuck no. Take a pill, the Depo, yeah. and just what it does to your hormones and how it fucks with your period and everything. No, 
Medically, I don't recommend it. As a mother of a daughter, I would never consider it for my daughter. Ever, did you ever do implants? No. no. I've worked with women yeah. who've done them, and I know. Yeah, I don't think I would want to do that either. Basically, my only choices are a different IUD. Mm-hmm. But again, with my um, uterus being that way, I think that that's part of the problem. Yeah, and I think, because I, my OB hung the moon and stars. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that man. And he did mine, and he also did my hysterectomy. And that's why I, uh, mine was done properly twice in my hysterectomy. Like, this man, he's done two IUDs for me. He did my DNC, and he did my hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. Like, he is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a problem. Did it hurt like a motherfucker putting in those IUDs with your uterus uh, tilting back? No, because I'd had a kid, so I already knew what to oh. expect. The the first one I got, it was painful that day and the next day. Mm-hmm. The second one, I already knew the pain to expect. So I don't know if I psyched myself out, but mm-hmm. it wasn't bad. Oh, no. Mine fucking hurt. Like, I wanted to kick her in the face. Mm. <laughs> and she even said it was probably because of the tilt of my uterus. Mm-hmm. She's like, go home and have a glass of whiskey and take a nap. That's exactly what I did. Mm. I, I passed out from the pain, for sure. Once I got home, I was like, you know, the sweats and all that. Yeah, that's and what I, yeah, I took a shot of wild turkey, and I laid down for four hours. Mm-hmm. It's no joke, man, because they have to dilate your cervix. Mm-hmm. and I'd already Dilation had, hurts. I've already had a child, so I'm like, I already knew. Have you ever had sex with someone who dilated your cervix? Yes. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. I had that happen last year, and, like, we get done, I'm kind of laying there, I'm like, oh, it's starting to cramp, and then, like, I rolled over thinking the heat of laying on my stomach mm-hmm. would help, and it's just getting more mm-hmm, intense, mm-hmm. and then I'm starting to sweat, mm-hmm. and I try to get up, and then I, like, collapse the edge of the bed, and I had, I didn't think about that, I just, Is and I'm checking to make sure there's no blood or anything mm-hmm. like that, and he was so sweet, he was, like, rubbing my back, mm-hmm. got me an ice pack. Um, was like fanning me and everything because I just like burst in a sweat. My face turned beet red. He said, I "My adrenaline I, started pumping." I guess I thought I was gonna be split in half. Like, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, won't be doing that again mm-hmm. anytime soon. But yeah, okay. So back to sex after cancer because mm-hmm. I think that that's again so important for a lot of not just women but men to discuss. Um, yeah. Because whether it's you or it's your partner, mm-hmm. a lot of us are gonna go through this in life. Yeah, it's, um, as a man, I just, the one thing I would really say is verbally be patient, but your actions show patience as well. Mm-hmm. You can sit here and say, oh, I understand I'm being patient, but your actions tell me something different. So then as a woman, it's giving me confused signals and I'm already hella self-conscious because Give of Give me an mood. example. Like, oh, I understand, you know, I had this not too long ago. Like, I can't have sex right now because I'm still in my, you know, time frame, Recovery. whatever. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, 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 it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. We meet up, we have drinks, and then are we going to have sex? I fucking told you that I can't. Mm-hmm. So it's your actions and your words don't match. I'm already self-conscious because of my not having boobs. And then most guys are like, hell yeah, you know, no procre, you know, no reproduction. Mm-hmm. That part's been okay. It's the boob thing that's been difficult. Mm-hmm. Like I still, there's only one partner that I've taken my shirt off with because I'm self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that getting your chest piece will change anything for you with that? Eventually. Mm-hmm. Eventually. I'm just, and right now, you know, with my current situation, with everything that's coming, the testing and everything, if it is Mets, again, I can't get a tattoo for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I'm comfortable walking around, like, without my shirt on and things like that. But when it comes to intimacy, 
And I don't like my chest being touched because I'm very tender on one side. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to touch my scars because I'm not there yet. And I'm a very, I consider myself a very empowered person. Like I'm not self-conscious. I'm a pretty confident person. This has definitely changed that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, there's no magic pill to make that, nope. you know, happen for you. It's just time and working through it. One thing that I often encourage clients who are not comfortable in their skin is a mirror exercise. Like it's I, just standing there and, and looking at yourself, just gazing. And even if it's just little moments over time, but what I encourage is like the gazing at yourself and if anything, staying neutral, but not letting yourself go to like the negative. Like I look at myself in the mirror every day. Like I have no problems looking at it and I have no problems touching it, being by myself with my shirt off. It's being in front of someone else. else. Mm-hmm. It's specifically a man. Mm-hmm. Um, I am so self-conscious because my radiation, I have a tan mm-hmm. and then I have the scars from my mastectomy, the scars from my pore, like that whole, this whole area is a war zone right here. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm just very self-conscious about it. So you just wear a tank top. I am all about the wife beaters. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but if you ever have a double mastectomy and no reconstruction, get a pack of men's A-tanks wife beaters, a size smaller than what you normally wear. Mm-hmm. And I legit wear them under everything. Mm-hmm. I like that tightness and that closeness. Mm-hmm. And it it's not a bra, but it's very comforting. Because I'm very, my skin's very sensitive on the fabrics. Like this shirt's okay, mm-hmm. but my scrubs, no, it hurts. Oh, yeah. yeah it's got to be, it's very, very sensitive to material. I never knew that men got like nipple chafe from like running and stuff because our nipples are usually covered. I don't understand how some men have eraser nipples. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like why do you have those? I mean, you're not nursing anything. But I've seen girls that have eraser nipples that have never had kids. Now that I can, but that I logically understand. I wish I had that. I don't have that. I didn't have them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I just, these men roll in. I'm just like, why are you, what? They look like cow udders. You're not, I don't, I'm so lost. <laughs> Easier to pierce. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, God. But yeah, to answer your question, I feel like my chest piece would definitely give me encouragement. Um, I just feel like that's going to be down the line. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to get a big piece and then have to go through God knows what again and fuck it all up. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So you have always been one of my most liberated friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, because I don't know that we've ever really had this conversation. When did you really start just kind of like, where does your sexual story kind of start? Have you always felt like this? confident about your sexuality did it build over time like what what, what's it been like for you like when I first had sex I was with a boyfriend blah 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 you know whatever and then I didn't for like two years Mm -hmm. and then I don't know what the fuck happened (laughs) something happened and I started this is so bad I started having sex with someone no it's not bad don't say that this is bad so a girl I didn't like I started having sex with her boyfriend just to be a total bitch okay so that was kind of the fuel in the hey this is kind of taboo this Mm -hmm. is kind of bad i should keep doing this and then it just snowballed after that so you found delight in the taboo totally because it's now at my ripe age of 39 it's two consenting adults and it doesn't matter but at that point in my life it was taboo. It was like, oh my God, this is against Western cultural norms, especially in this part of the country. This isn't mm-hmm. what you do. And I fed off that. And I 
totally blame it um, on I'm being raised in a military Catholic home. I'm almost 40 and I'm still rebelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, just the things, I just reflect and people are, you know, you're meeting someone and they're like, you know, what's on your bucket list? I'm like, shit, I don't have much left. I have like one thing left that I haven't done, but there's things I would do again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it can be intimidating to a man when you hear this woman who's very comfortable in her sexuality, very experienced, if you will, has an extensive resume. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of guys are either intimidated or turned on. It's one of the two. Mm-hmm. But it also pegs me into that mayor of like friends with benefit bill. I feel like because of my sexuality, sometimes I'm not taken seriously or viewed as someone who's potential for a partner. Mm -hmm. And then if I am, I feel like in the back of their mind, it's this constant worry, this constant, I'm not going to be enough for her or this isn't what she wants, blah, blah, blah. And that's where I feel like I don't, I'm never going to find someone because of that part of my life. So I don't want to not be true to myself. But on the other hand, I feel like it cock blocks me in a lot of ways. I hear that. I've yeah. been single for four years. You've been single for... Too damn long. I mean, I... you dated since you've been divorced. I, I mean, yeah. I guess I'm counting singles just since I've been divorced. Um, I've dated. I've had a long... So I've been divorced almost nine years. It'll be nine years this year. Um, I've had one long-term relationship and I've dated a few people here and there. But it's not that I'm, I'm not lonely by any means. I'm definitely oh, yeah, comfortable. No. I'm comfortable being alone. Mm-hmm. Please don't get me wrong. But there's things I miss. And when you learn the difference between wanting someone and needing someone, that's when you are ready for a relationship. I don't need you. Yeah. I don't need anything. I want, want someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also realize that it's, it's a lot to get emotionally involved with a cancer patient. Like, dude, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't. I can't promise you that I have 10 years left. I can't say that. Nobody can promise you have 10 years left. And that's my point. That's my point. Everything everything ends Mm -hmm. at some point. It's impermanence. Nothing lasts forever. And I feel like people who don't want to get emotionally involved with a cancer patient are like, oh my God, she's going to die a horrible death. Actually, if you have to die, die a cancer patient because you're taking care of the most. So this is where I feel like... I'd rather die that way than by drowning or... Burning is my new Burning. Oh God. No. So that's where I feel like I have two factors in my corner that cock block me. Mm Mm-hmm. You need to find you a Buddhist who understands impermanence and understands that, like, his time could be up tomorrow or yep. her time could be up tomorrow, too. I have so. no desire to date a woman ever again in my fucking life. <laughs> really? Women are to be fucked and not dated. And that's a incredibly <laughs> shitty thing for me to say because I that's am a your, woman. That's how you're... That's, that's how you um, are. The girl I dated, great, great person. She mm-hmm. was awesome, but I can't do crazy. <laughs> anything wrapped not around... Not every girl is crazy! No, anything wrapped around a vagina is crazy. It's what level of crazy are you on? Me, on, like, a scale of one to ten, I'm, like, a three. Don't fuck with my kid, my money, or my career, and we're cool. Mm-hmm. It's not that I can't play the game. I'm too damn tired to play the game. What do you think I am? I don't know. Because I'm, 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 I'm not in a relationship. I know, but I think I'm like a level three crazy, too. I mean, like, I have zero desire to stalk you, to all that dumb shit. Like, I just, yeah. I don't care. If you don't want to be here, there's a door. Yeah, I don't want to start shit with anybody. Like, I, I don't want anyone to start shit with me. No. Nope. I'm just, yeah. I'm more like the, like, give no fucks, but take no shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, get along, girl. Yeah, I just want, I just, I would really like to find someone that understands that I don't have a lot of time left and sees the good that I have left in me and wants to share that. Cause I have too much good left in me not to give to someone. Fuck yes, you do. I'm a great time, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I have two jobs. Take care of my shit. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a drug addict. I have all my teeth. I have hair again. So, I mean, I feel like I got that going for me. And you're a beautiful woman. Thanks. And I look like a rotisserie chicken. 
When you sent me that meme <laughs> of a pregnant woman laying on a beach <laughs> next to a rotisserie chicken. That's me. I'm telling you, when you have no boobs and you lay down, you look like a rotisserie chicken. Because <laughs> all you see is your gut and your legs and your little feet's down there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you always crack me up. Mm. You always crack me up. I think one of the funniest things, the first time I got one of these, I was like, is this, is this, is this really what I'm seeing right now? But getting a picture of your bed. Oh, speaking of that. After your squirting <laughs> incidents. Jesus that was Christ. a great, that's a great story there. And we're still friends to this day. I miss him. Sweet kid. Kid, because he was substantially younger than mm-hmm. I am. But sweet kid. Yeah. Yeah. And a big dick too. Mm-hmm. His problem was he has a big dick and girls his age were intimidated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They so, CBD lube, no. <laughs> so then you just get with an older lady who kind of helps you, like, you know, build your self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, that's who that looks like. D- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. My possible out-of-town friend, mm-hmm. that's who it looks like. Because I was looking, mm. I was like, holy shit, is this the same person? It's not. Because I was like, please tell me you're not from here and you have two brothers. Because yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> That's one thing about a small city. You might fuck somebody's bro or cousin. Dude, I know. Or best friend. That's why I miss Vegas. Yep. Vegas. A, lot of, a lot of people that were in and out of town or Vegas just was visiting. Like and vagina playground. It was awesome. I bet. Fucking great. Here, I'm just like, I don't fit in here because I'm not, I'm too liberal. I'm tatted. I've always been kind of bold. The hair, the piercings, everything. I've just, I definitely don't fit where I live. You need to be in KCMO, not out in the fucking suburbs. I know, man. That's where my job is. I know. I know. I get it. Um. But being this way in the suburbs, it's kind of, uh, people will you stick see, out. Yeah. People will see you as a fetish, something different. Speaking of fetish. Oh, okay. You spent time on FetLife. I did. I still am on there. So tell us more about FetLife is a website that people can go to and explore kink and fetish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, explore the communities mm-hmm. that, are, that are there because like Kansas City has a, a thriving kink community and lots of meetups. There's a meetup every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When did you first get on FetLife? Um, well, I was divorced, so I would definitely say, so my first year from like 30 to 31, my door was a revolving door. I think it was, so I was going to say about like 32. Yeah, that sounds about right. We were giving each other a lot of high fives. God that damn, period. that was a good ass yeah. time. Dude, we were both single at that time. That was a good so time. my marriages. And, yeah. Put a lot of miles on that bed that year. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how I found out about FET. I don't remember that part, but I know that I've met a couple people from it, and they're actually... I think a common misconception when an outsider to the FET community is like, oh my God, you guys are creepy. It's like some weird dude that lives in his mom's basement that smells like vodka and Doritos. You know, some some weird shit. shit. Some weird shit. And it's actually not. I've actually made friends from that community. Mm -hmm. And then participating in certain um, BDSM meetups here and things like that. Like you actually, these people are normal. Oh yeah. And I think it's a huge misconception that in order to be in the kink community, you're crazy pants, like you're just weird. And that's not true. Oh, no. Yeah. I've gone to several of those meetups. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I ran into someone I knew from college. We were going around in a circle shaking hands. And I was like, you. He's like, you. Mm-hmm. And he looked like a fucking college professor even now. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Doc took me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know who Doc. Yeah, we'll sure call do. him by his name. There yeah, we go. Yeah, there his, we go. His name that he uses there. Doc. Doc took me. Um, and he's he's weird, but he's normal. Like yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Like he is his own person. Yep. But you look at him, he looks pretty mainstream for the most yep. part. And so. I think I think it's a huge misconception for people outside of the community looking in. Mm-hmm. But once you're immersed in the community, it's very it's a very community based system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've had some good times with the BDSM community Fuck here in town. Yes, did I show you my pictures of the night of being handcuffed to the St. Peter's Cross? No. Oh shit! Did yeah. I show you my? I didn't take any pictures then. No, I sent you pictures of my bruises after I did yes, the St. Peter's Cross. Yeah, because yeah, he got me fucking good. Yeah, so I had a snake whip, a riding crop, a paddle, a bare hand, and something else. I, I had sit right for like three days. I <laughs> that was craziness. Well, the, the lovely part about playing with with Doc being a friend is we went and we had coffee before we played, and I because I, I oh no, it was great. Like I mean, there was nothing sexual about it. Honestly, it was just about right, me so, taking the beating. So basically. let me ask you this: Does a beating, receiving a beating like that, do anything for you sexually? It actually didn't. It's not like okay. I went home and needed to masturbate. What's done more for me is is being the dominant and having a submissive I, I i am a switch i look in like i don't want to say vanilla sexual situations but like mm-hmm. non-bdsm mm-hmm, situations mm-hmm. i do enjoy being submissive i enjoy having some moments of domination too mm-hmm. where like i'm on top and i'm choking him um but i also like being told what to do and mm-hmm. what to say whatever um my dirty talk game is apparently on point so um but yeah i i enjoyed the sensations. Mm-hmm. I actually, in the moment, I liked the pain. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, we went through everything because I had, it had only been a year since I'd broken my tailbone. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, wanted to be really careful and not hurt me or anything like that. And my lower back's fucked up. So he was like, we're not going to do any hard impact mm-hmm. play. These big hefty paddles, mm-hmm. no, that's not coming out. We'll use the lighter stuff. So, yeah, there was a riding crop. Um, I think a bamboo paddle. I like the um, snake whip. That's my fucking jam. He got the bull whip out on me. Mm. He did do the little snake whip too, but he got the whip out. And I, I actually, at the end, he's like, what was your favorite? I was like, the whip. He's like, really? Most people like are scared to death. I was like, I've always loved the sound of a whip. Mm-hmm. For the me- crack of a whip just is the fucking hot sound to me I don't know so for me being a natural alpha type a personality Mm -hmm. professionally and publicly privately I I enjoy being a submissive so receiving a beating does that's common does Mm -hmm. nothing sexual for me it's almost like a recharge so when I go into my job I have more confidence it's more of an ego boost Mm -hmm. I don't know why BDSM play is not sexual for me. Yeah, I'm taking my clothes off, blah, 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 all that. But I don't need penetration or an orgasm mm-hmm. to get off. Yeah. Now, if the master or the dom gets off on it, fucking A, great for you. I don't need that. And I don't require the aftercare that subs require. Mm-hmm. I'm more like, cool, unchain me. I'm going to go to the bathroom, get myself fixed up. Let's go have drinks. Mm-hmm. That's part of my sexuality. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Why is that not anything sexual? Now, like during sex being choked, fuck yeah, that's different. Yeah. But being hit or things like that, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't do it for me sexually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I enjoy more like impact play when I'm actually being penetrated, like if it's spanking or things like that. But yeah, there was, when I was mm-hmm. at the club, there was no, there's obviously no like sex, there's no penetration. In a situation like that in a club, if you want to like handcuff me and fuck me publicly, hell yeah. But I don't want to be, but it's not like I need to be spanked too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got to be one or the other. Because mm-hmm. I enjoy watching and I enjoy being watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got my ass banked so hard that 
It wasn't even his fingernail. Like, skin split open. It's just his bare fucking hand. Yeah. And the snake whip. Yeah, so in this picture that I have of me, you can see the blood. Like, I... Yeah. Did they stop at that point? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you're just one-on-one play versus in a public setting, like... I know. I was like, don't stop. This was before... This was kind of something I wanted to do before treatment, before I knew that I wasn't going to feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of sassy then, too. Mm-hmm. Huh. So what was one of your favorite things that you were able to explore once you got on FetLife? Like, what was something that was on your bucket list that you got to check off? Ironically, I have not... Through FetLife, I have not checked anything off my bucket list. Really? Because more people seek me out to fulfill oh. their bucket list. Ah. It's this weird-ass, like, unicorn thing. Sex witch. Yeah. You're a sex witch. <laughs> and it's, it's cool, though. Like, my ego's like, <laughs> poof. But it's, no, I, FetLife hasn't gotten anything for me sexually to cross off my list. It's more fulfilling other people's. Mm-hmm. That's fine, too. I I'm I also don't have much left on my bucket list because mm. I have tried a lot. Mm. I did have a first recently. Mm-hmm. He sucked on my toes. Oh my god! I and if he had asked my permission first, I probably would have said no. Let me just tell you. But he just like went to town. I was like, I really like this. No, this what you need to do is when you're on your back and your legs are on his shoulders, and then he does it. That's what he was doing. Fuck my life! Oh my god! It's brain function stops. Time stops. I'm slightly ticklish, but his tongue was also like, he was like going in between my toes with his tongue too, just like really going for it. And I was just like, this is way hotter than I expected it to be. Get that other foot in there. Oh yeah. Nope. I'm a thousand percent with you. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. He even licked it from like the heel all the way to the toe. I was like, (laughs) but I kind of did like, like I do when I get my um, foot scrubbed at the pedicures. I can't handle the scrub because I'm just like, (laughs) like pull my foot back. I didn't want to like smack his face in my toes. But yeah, that was that was a nice first, an unexpected first. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> got re- y'all hot and bothered Ooh, talking about toe sucking. Toe sucking, so Kelly likes the toe sucking, guys. I love that shit. So any of our future lovers that listen to this, just take uh, note. Legs take on shoulders, note. toes, it's on. <laughs> shit, if I could be handcuffed down while you're doing it. Anyway, I recently got under bed restraints. So I might have to have him I am uh, under my, mm. I uh, have a set for my new place. Nice. Not going to lie. Kind of excited. I was kind of worried at first of how I was going to um so underbed restraints are there's a lot of variety out there but it is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of like you shimmy it underneath your mattress mm-hmm. and then for your feet and for your hands mm-hmm. it kind of comes over the side or you put it over the top. Mm-hmm. Um I wanted like a nice set with the leather cuffs. I think mine are Velcro. These are, you know, like a latch. It is kind of annoying. It's not fast. I like the buckles better. Mm-hmm. But I, out of that, out of this bed restraint system, I would prefer to have my legs restrained open over being completely restrained. My hands are one thing. But I, I think re- I want to have my hands restrained and my feet open. I mean, I'll try. I have tied someone up with mm-hmm. it. I have not been tied up. I like my legs restrained and my hands free. Okay. Because then... The partner can hold your hands above your head, mm-hmm. can manipulate whatnot. And it's just, it's, it's an awesome dominant position for them because they are holding you open. Mm-hmm. I also feel like for me, I'm visualizing like if I had my hands tied down, then I can also kind of maybe move the restraints to the top of the bed and then you can flip over still. So that 
to me, the ability to not touch my partner and not, you know, roll my hands through his hair or scratch him or her, whatever. Um, but that he can or she can move my body around and do whatever they want to it while I'm still restrained. I will say, I do like being restrained, hands and feet flipped on my stomach because then it's a free-for-all. Like, I have zero control and I don't know what hole you're going to penetrate or anything. And that's the that's the shit that I'm like, all right, I'm going to orgasm really fucking hard. So if you're going to do this, you got to do it soon. <laughs> I'm very honest here. That that definitely gets me off because it's the anticipation. I can't see it. I don't know what you're going to do. Do you ever do anything with sensation play? It's okay. I like ele- I like the electricity sensation mm-hmm. play. Uh, what kind of implement do you like for that? It's like a wand mm-hmm. and it comes up and down and you can uh, turn the voltage up or down. I like that. So one of my partners likes electricity play, but we haven't done it yet. Okay. I was thinking about getting something to surprise him. And... I, I enjoy it, mm-hmm. but it's also, I, I bruise very easy. So okay. it's going to leave a mark on me, which I don't mind, oh. but the mark doesn't last very long. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, so it's not something you want to keep using over and over again in the same spot? For me, no. Okay. Because I bruise way too easy. Gotcha. So it's just like a quick. If you want to go from like wrist to elbow, that's cool. It's not going to mark it. But if you keep going up and down like that, it'll mark you. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I've never had it on my bits. I don't know how I would like that. I don't know how that would feel. I don't know. Well, because he likes very particular playtime. Yeah. So he might like it. Like if not- I had nipples again, I would like it on my, on the girls. But that I'm like, um, not for me. If that's your bag, great. Not mine. He wants it on his bag, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, to each their own. We all have a thing. We all do have a thing. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about you know you you are a mom. Mm-hmm. You've got a burgeoning teenager on your hands she's gonna be 13 soon so let's God talk about how do we have the conversation about sex with our kids okay it's time for a quick break i promise it'll just be a minute so stay tuned i'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid and we're back so um yes you have a 12 year old daughter who thir- you had mentioned earlier is not really into boys nope um, that's okay. Maybe she is going to be asexual. Maybe she's going to be queer. Maybe she's going to be straight. Who knows? I and can who only, cares at this point? I can only hope for asexuality until she's out of high school. <laughs> I can well, only hope. Well, if she's asexual, she's just asexual. That's probably not going to change. That so, that's a, you know. Asexuals two, can still have love in their lives. I've known two people but... that were asexual. And it was very, very interesting. One male, one female. And it was a very, very interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Me being inquisitive, I was like asking 20 questions because I thought it was a very interesting topic because I am clearly not that way, mm-hmm. but it was very interesting to learn about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a girl on my show a couple episodes ago that was asexual. Mm-hmm. So very interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, regardless of what she grows up to be, mm-hmm. she's at that age where you mm-hmm. have to start talking about, I mean, you've probably, you've already talked about oh, stuff. Yeah. So, and that's one thing I have always loved and respected about you is that you, you do also come from the medical field, mm-hmm. medical background. You understand the importance of talking about sexual health. I feel like, and this is my opinion as a parent and as a medical provider, it's when you don't educate and you yourself as a parent are uncomfortable, your children then learn improper terms and are miseducated and get in bad situations. Mm-hmm. So my kid is the only one in their sex ed class in fifth grade that can tell you the proper names anatomically for all the body parts, all the organs, 
you know, it's one of those things like I've never bullshitted her mm-hmm. and her stepmom doesn't either. We're very upfront about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel maybe that's why sex isn't on our radar yet. Because it's not taboo. No. Because no, she no. knows all about it. And that's the other thing. It's like when she started her period, I said, you could walk up to any woman on the street and ask for a pad or a tampon because we're going to have it because we've all been, been there. there. Mm-hmm. And so demasking the taboo and making it this is part of being a human, I feel like is what makes it acceptable. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and this is my opinion again, when you make it dirty or secretive or you yourself are uncomfortable, that is projected onto your kid and then that leads to that crap later in life that affects your sexuality and then it limits you as an adult from enjoying your sexuality because you have all these psychological issues that's why i have a job (laughs) (laughs) True, they're fucking up their kids it's true um well what was your sex education kind of because i mean when we were in health class together in fifth grade you knew everything you're the same way but but my mom was the same way with me mm -hmm. it was more like she she was in the medical field also and it was like here's your anatomy book here's it is don't ever be taboo and it wasn't Mm -hmm. sex was never meant to be dirty or shameful or anything and that's i think why i was able to embrace my sexuality so early on Mm -hmm. and that's definitely something for my kid because if I recall correctly, like while your parents called themselves Catholic, they weren't really practicing. Like I don't remember you going to mass and shit. My dad was hardcore Catholic. Okay. My mom wasn't. Okay. So we went to mat. We went to Sunday school and all that shit till I was like twelve or thirteen, and it just it wasn't a thing. And mm-hmm. I remember asking questions in Sunday school, and they were like, "Yeah, maybe she shouldn't come back here." Oh. Things like that. It's cool. It wasn't my thing. It never. It didn't feel right to me. You were never a conformist. No, and I never took confirmation either. Mm-hmm. So I'm really not Catholic, I guess. But no. I was baptized. Yeah, but you're, no, I I believe the Catholic Church would say you are not. But I wear the St. Agatha Medallion, who is the patron saint of breast cancer patients. Mm. Her story's fucked up, too. Anyway, no, I just don't want my daughter to feel like sexuality's dirty or it's wrong. You're an adult. Enjoy your body. Do your thing. Just Mm -hmm. be smart and be educated. Mm -hmm. Take care of your sexual health Mm -hmm. and... Have you talked about things like consent and desire? Oh, yeah. What's the consent talk like with a 12-year-old? Or, I mean, you probably had it before, but, like, what's it's it like with a kid? It's more like, um, do you understand the difference between wanting someone to touch you and not wanting someone to touch you? Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And if you want someone to and they do it, that's consent. Mm-hmm. When they do it without you wanting it, that is not consent, and that is when you say something. Mm-hmm. Don't ever, and that's one thing that I cannot emphasize enough, is don't ever feel like if something, God forbid, were to happen, that you can't speak up. Because mm-hmm. you know that's bullshit. Yeah. Well, and the numbers show that usually when children are sexually assaulted, it is someone that they know, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. a teacher, a, a family friend, a, a family member, a neighbor, things like that. So oftentimes it is more challenging for kids to come forward because mm-hmm. it's someone that the family knew. And I feel and then like... And there's, there's different consequences. Oh, yeah. And I feel like my kid 100% knows... She knows that her dad, stepmom, and I would definitely take care of it. And I think she's more afraid of that person doing that and dealing with us than that person harming her. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about that. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's one thing I'm not worried about with that kid. She'll be fine. Yeah. She's pretty confident, right? Yeah, she's pretty confident. Emotionally, she is not 12. She's, she's still in the kid phase. Mm. So I'm feeling like seventh grade, definitely eighth grade, that kid phase is gone. So I, it's, mm-hmm. it's a weird paradox as a parent to see your baby. Ex, you know, externally, she's definitely developing into a woman and her mannerisms and things, but emotionally, she's still a baby. Mm-hmm. Not a baby, but a, a child. She's not a 12-year-old who's super into makeup. Nope. Um, she's not 
worried about her clothes like to an extent to an extent but not like there's the memes out there about how 12 year olds used to look like with mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. <laughs> on the big you know glasses and the shitty hair and the stupid clothes versus 12 year olds today like no. she's not one of those oh hell no no she reminds me of, what's the is it vasco girls the vasco, more, girl? vasco girls where it's more like to me, it just reminded me of our fucking teenage right, years. Right, Sweatshirts and hoodies and These shorts and, and chucks and... No, my kid, um, I think because her dad, stepmom, and I are older, mm-hmm. she definitely has an older ambiance. She's mm-hmm. an only child. We never baby-talked her. So she's always been around older people. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I feel like she's not swept up in the... Stuff that her peers Scary are. things that I don't want to think about. Mm. And I feel like maybe that's why sexuality isn't going to be so taboo for her. Because mm-hmm. she's probably going to take a much more matter-of-fact mm-hmm. approach to it. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine some boy stepping up to her and trying to... And she's like, get lost. She's literally going to be like a get lost kind of person. We had that conversation not too long ago because I didn't know, excuse the hell out of me, in sixth grade you don't have Valentine's Day parties. Didn't know that. Oh. <laughs> And I was like, well, is there any boy that you want to be your Valentine? And she was like, no. And I was like, what about Valentine's dances? And she's like, that doesn't happen in sixth grade. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, didn't, really? Didn't know that either. And then I said, so is how? She, is it an upper elementary or is it middle school at this Middle point? school, sixth, seventh, and eighth they grade. They didn't have a Valentine's dance? Mm-hmm. Maybe they did for eighth graders only. I don't know. Oh, okay. And I said, who's going to freak out more when you bring a boy home who wants to take you to a dance? Me, daddy, or stepmom? And she's like, Daddy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, your dad will lose his mind. And then probably stepmom, and she's like, you'll be okay. I'm like, yeah. Because it's one of those poker face stealthy things. Like, I'm internally freaking out, but you just don't know it. Because I don't want her to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Your dad's one thing. Just don't be afraid. That I, could also be very comforting for her to mm-hmm. know, too, that nobody's going to fuck with her. She has three people that will take care of things Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yes you will yeah Mm um have you talked about anything about like queer sex or sexuality with her because that's something that I kind of I wear a button sometimes that says queer sex ed for all Mm -hmm. and people have asked me like well why do you think it's important for everyone to learn about queer sex ed because especially for a teenager you don't know what she's going to grow up to like one day Mm -hmm. plus she has peers mm-hmm. who are going to fall into those categories mm-hmm. or family members or teachers or just people she's mm-hmm. going to experience in life. But have you talked about any of those things? Uh, oh, hell yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's one of those things. Um, and I've told her from the get-go, I don't care if you're into boys, girls, or nothing, or both. I don't care as long as you're happy. I truly do not care. And I have made it very clear from day one, I don't care about your sexuality as long as you're happy. And I accept you for who, whomever you are. Living in this part of the country being very conservative I think it is so important to reiterate to these kids that I don't care Mm -hmm. I you're you're my kid and I'm going to accept you no matter what I can't fathom being any other way to my kid I just I can't get my head around that Mm -hmm. if you want to be with girls do it I don't care as long as she makes you happy if you want to be with nothing fantastic as long as it's two consenting adults I don't care that's my big thing Mm mm-hmm that's also because you get that, like yeah. for yourself and your sex life. So of course you're gonna pass that on. Mm-hmm. Just be, just be true to who you are. That is it. Authenticity matters mm-hmm. in your sexuality for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Let's talk about some things we're into and things we're not into here. <laughs> okay, 
we pause to kind of regroup here for a second. <clears throat> um, yeah, let's talk about some of like the wildest fucking sex we've ever had. Um, I've been asked or weird things we've been asked. Yeah. Yeah. I've been asked to participate in things and I'm like, no dude, I just, I, it's, it's cool if that's your thing. It's not my thing. Um, things that I'm not into that I was asked to do and I politely declined because it's just out of my realm of, okay. I had a guy that wanted me to poop on his chest. No. <laughs> he wanted to bro. sit, uh, wanted me to squat over his chest and watch it come out of you. Yep. I was chest. like, no dude. Mm-hmm. No. I had a guy want to, his feta fantasy, whatever, was to put me in a dog cage, put cherries in my butt and eat them out. Like how do you get them out? Like how, I, I see, uh, I, m- once the request was made, I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I had a guy that was into water play. So that was interesting because I have zero desire to be peed on. Mm -hmm. If you want me to pee on you, I can do it. So his whole thing, it was kind of interesting. His whole thing was he wanted me to leave my panties on. And then especially first thing in the morning, he wanted to go down on me through my panties while I peed on him. Or like he would lay in his bed and he wanted me to straddle him and pee on him. That was his thing. Did he have our receipts or... um, um Mattress pad, hopefully. Oh, God, I hope so. I don't know. But it just, like, it <laughs> it got him off. Like, that was his jam. I just have no desire to have it done to me. So, done. I got to ask about water sports. Here's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. so when you say got him off, like, mm-hmm. I guess in my head I'm thinking about, is he already masturbating and close to coming? No. And then you do it or you do it and then that's what gets him aroused? Yes. This particular individual, yes. Okay. So, he was, like, just I, laying there. You peed on him. Then he starts masturbating and then he gets oh yeah how long did it take him to get off not that long gotcha so that was interesting um and he was all about like peeing through my panties like that was the big thing that got him the novelty of it Mm, okay yeah did he keep the panties when you were done no but (laughs) (laughs) no i've used a i've used a strap on on a guy that was his big thing pegging yeah Mm -hmm. and it's not a natural rhythm for women's hips to move like that like it definitely Mm. takes some practice Mm mm-hmm yeah definitely takes patience uh i'd totally do it again i mean Mm -hmm. and then being with a woman and doing it it's just it's a weird it's a weird non-natural movement i have to legitimately think about what i'm doing because it's not a natural movement Mm -hmm. the only time i have pegged a partner it was a double-ended dildo i had a harness still Mm -hmm. but yeah i found it difficult Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. enjoy myself and keep it in Mm -hmm. while still penetrating him Plus, he also picked one that was probably a little too big for his first time oh. taking a dildo on his ass. So. Is, mm. Size is key. And I've never um, used a strap-on on a woman before. I do watch that porn, but I've never had it done or done it to a woman. So that's, that's on my list. Hey, ladies, that's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> so piece of advice. Uh-huh. Should you do this? I think the best part for me where I don't have to think about what I'm doing is me on bottom and her riding me. Mm-hmm. Because basically she's doing her thing on top and I'm not consciously thinking about moving my hips. I'm more moving my hips in a semi-natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But me on top, it's just, I'm thinking way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, a double-ended one with me on bottom would be kind of bitching. Like, I could revisit that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. There's a lot of double-ended designs out there. Some are, like, shorter than others, but you do just have to use a harness with most of them. The thing I didn't like about the harness, too, is it was kind of just cheap. It wasn't, like, a nice Uh, one, so just it wasn't very comfortable. Definitely one toy that I want to own before the end of this year is one of those suction cup dildos. The, um, womanizer? Yeah. Oh, suction cup dildo. Yeah. Like, so the end of it, like, suction Suction cups. cups To, like, the shower. Mm -hmm. Because I'm thinking about that. I'm like, you could put that on the edge of the bathtub. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you could you you could do like doggy style in the shower like this is what mm-hmm. i'm thinking i'm not really into dildos but that could be my exception that i think would be fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i have a friend that's got one and it yeah that's what she does she puts on the you know on the shower wall and yep, backs yep. up to it so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. vibrators yeah but i i don't know i orgasm so frequently and quickly i don't need much mm. So you just use your hand usually? Yeah. That's about all it takes. Like, I like a bullet. Like, my nails make it challenging sometimes to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have nails. So, um, yeah, there's sometimes, like, I'm almost there, and then I realize, like, oh, God. You scratch yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. kind of. So, like, I tend to use vibrators. But what's, what is your favorite vibrator that Good you've old used? bullet. Just the plain bullet. I love the bullet while being penetrated, whether I'm on bottom or top. Mm-hmm. Like, that's awesome. The all-time best is me face down, ass up, him fingers in my pussy and my ass with a silver bullet on my clit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck my life. That is mind-blowing because it's everything. Like, I have a very intense orgasm from anal, mm-hmm. and then I'm having a vaginal orgasm and a clitoral orgasm. Mm-hmm. I like laying on my back while they're going down on me, mm. fingering both. Especially if they're getting the G-spot and, like... Or, or if I've got a butt plug in. See, mm-hmm. I, if we're going to have anal sex, it's got to be doggy style or something with me on my stomach or something. Mm. Any other position, I don't orgasm and it doesn't feel good. Mm. So for me, like laying on my tummy, yeah. Oh, I like like anal penetration with a penis laying on my stomach, yes. Mm-hmm. But if it's just my most intense orgasm is, mm. yep. I love oral. Dude, I love oral so God much. damn it. And giving and receiving, man. I love the power that comes okay. with giving a good blowjob and seeing his face. Like So giving a good blowjob for me, I get so close to orgasm. Like if we had another man and he was to penetrate me at that moment, it would be over. Mm-hmm. And it's a combination of I'm watching my partner enjoy this. And you can tell anatomically when they're very close. Oh, yeah. And then switching it up not to just kind of keep building it and building it. Edging. Mm-hmm. But there is nothing fucking better than a man who loves to give. Mm-hmm. Not and here's the thing: if it's not your thing and you don't enjoy it, don't waste my time. Don't mm-hmm. right. don't do it because you feel obligated. If you're like, hey, that's my jam, I could have that every day in my life and Chipotle guacamole, and be completely happy. And gentlemen, let me just say, I I, I understand that the kind of trying to slowly build it up, but mm. there's not many vulvas out there that like a soft touch from the tongue, no. unless it's just like the quick teasing. You no. need to get in there and eat some fucking pussy. Don't mm-hmm. just like. You're not looking at goddamn ice cream cone. Make out with that shit like yes. you're 16 years old yes. and your parents are on vacation. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Yeah. And I get it if it's not your thing and I get it if you've had a bad experience. I don't think if the few partners who have just had such a light touch with their tongue, I, I don't think it's that they don't like it. I think they don't realize. I'm like, get in there. Like, shut your face in there. Get in there. <laughs> don't be scared. Right? <laughs> she goes, meow. She goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless she squirt and then, oh, then it is a God. um but yeah there's something special about a man mm. that knows how to give good face god damn and then when you kiss me afterwards mm-hmm. and i'm like taste myself on you mm-hmm. gloves off I, let's go i like stopping in the middle of sex and going back to oral like especially 69ing i can't 69 because once tongue is on my clit i have no brain function i can't concentrate on what the fuck i'm doing oh okay i uh, know i love 69 oh. i am able to that is what people often share that they have a trouble some time with in 69s mm-hmm. is that they can't focus on their nope. own pleasure because they're so worried about giving pleasure or just like the manual actual what you're doing you're just in your head and you're not in your body 
No, I am like, you are touching my clit and I can't focus on anything but that. But I do like mutual masturbation. Mm -hmm. Or like, if you want to masturbate watching me masturbate, fucking A, like, game on. Mm -hmm. Mutual masturbation. One of my my favorite is having him lay like with his head up by the headboard. Yes, you face each other. Yes, that's exactly how I tell people to do mutual masturbation. Like laying next to each other and looking over the other person's great. You can't get a good angle. No, Mm because you can just keep your line of sight. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can watch their genitals, you can mm. watch their faces, watch their bodies start moving as they're getting like closer and closer to mm-hmm. orgasm. Yeah, mutual masturbation is hot. And then like if I'm using a toy and then he takes over using the toy on me so I can rub my clit while he's still masturbating, like it's, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking great time. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. I think every couple should have regular like weekly mutual masturbation sessions. I agree. And I almost feel sorry for women who are not comfortable masturbating. Because, Mm -hmm. girl, if you can't make yourself come, no one else is going to figure it out. This is true. I definitely have to. That's something that when I talk to clients who, or friends even, or just random people, because people have conversations about this shit with me and networking events too, um, is the importance of masturbation. Mm -hmm. As soon as someone tells me that they, you know, aren't having orgasms, aren't having quality orgasms, it's taking them a long time. As soon as I ask them, well, what's your masturbation life like? They're like, eh. Yeah. um, I don't, or it's rare, or I'm not shocked. I am not shocked. For me, masturbating, it's not because I'm not having sex or I'm not having quality sex. I could have just gotten fucked an hour ago, and I'm still going to rub one out. For me, it's more of, oh, my God, that felt so good. I want to come one more time. Or I'm really fucking stressed out. I know my mark. I know the weeks, like, the certain amount of time when I get to that I'm like, I need a piece of rando because I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, that to me, in masturbating, it's not because I'm not having quality sex. Right. A lot of times it has it's more nothing like, to do with that. No, a lot hell, of times I it's masturbate good more sex. when I'm having good Fuck sex yes. because I'm thinking about it yeah. or I'm looking at you know pictures we took or a video we took, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely, my libido is higher when I'm getting fucked. Yeah. Uh. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. And I mean, you know, that means that I'm only masturbating like twice a day instead of three times. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have. Yeah, I've masturbated in a public place because sometimes you just got to take the edge off or I'm, I'm seriously going to choke someone. Like the bathroom? Yeah. Or my car. I've done that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've done sometimes that. Sometimes you just got I've to. I've done that. You know, it's, it's got to happen. You know, I bet that workplace and car masturbation is more common for men than it is women. It is. But it- I've had all genders tell me that they do it. I think it's a cultural taboo that people don't want to admit to. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, sometimes you just got to rub one out in the bathroom and get back to work because mm-hmm. you're a lot better. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Whether it was stress or I got like a nice sexy text and they got my wheels sexing turning. Do- sexing doesn't do it for me. Oh, I love sexting. I can't. I love it. I feel bad because I'm like, it does nothing for me. I can't participate. And I'm flat out like, hey, I'm sorry. It just, it's not my thing. But like, better that you do that than try yeah no I think it's silly I can the dirty part the dirty talk face to face I got that Mm -hmm. the sexing thing I think it's silly as fuck I just can't (laughs) I love it it's not my thing I love it I hate random but I'm a storyteller too so I I feel like it's part of I don't like random dick pics I don't (sighs) and now if it's a partner that I'm currently with sure but I don't want them every day. I don't want them like, I don't need a morning picture of your cock while you come no. after you came or whatever. I especially don't want them from someone that I've not slept with. Ugh. I, 
Now, if you want to send me a clip of you, although mas- the last one did send me one before we slept together, I was <laughs> happy with that. But we were already like talking, and it, actually, he didn't just send it; he asked, and I said yes. Oh. Uh, if you want to send me a clip of you and I having sex or you masturbating to a picture of me, okay, that's one thing. But just randomly like, hey, I need to get off. Cool, watch some porn. I don't know what to tell you. I, I can't help you there. <laughs> Same thing with like uh Do you phones. ever send like Snapchat, 30 Snapchats or anything? No. Mm-hmm. I'll send dirty pics. I will, I will send pics if I know that they'll disappear. So like Instagram, you can send them if you don't keep them in the chat. They can only look at it once or Snapchat. Um, unless it's a partner partner. If, if it's someone that I'm seeing, mm-hmm. then I'll text. But I don't know. It's still just that thing in the back of my head of somebody's going to put it out there. But then again, these days, if someone did put my breasts or my vulva or my ass or whatever mm-hmm. or me on video doing things to them, I think our culture has shifted enough at this point to where people will be like, Fuck it. It was just two consenting adults. I and agree. And fuck that dude for, or, or chick, whichever one I'm with, for putting it out there. And see, I think my thing is I enjoy being recorded. I enjoy being watched and everything. But I have zero desire to watch the content. I'll make content, but I have no desire to watch it. That's my favorite part. It's not my thing. Oh, I love it. No. Although I did watch a, a video that made me go like, I need to go back to the gym more. Right. So I was, I don't like myself on video for like work. I talk about that all the time on here. Um, so yeah, I did have that moment of criticism mm-hmm. and I had to just shut it off and be like, he was telling me how incredible my body was. I don't think my body's that incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he was all about it, oh, okay, cool. Thank you. Yes, please tell me more. Yeah. It's just cause I can't watch my own content without being critical. So therefore I have no desire to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not self-hating myself. I just, I know I can't. Now, if you want to watch porn together, fuck yeah, I'm all about it. Me in it? No, I'm good. Now, if you want to make a video for you, like me blowing you, like from your angle, like that's great. I'm, I'm 100% in. You just don't want to watch it. I just don't want to watch it, no. Now, if you want to watch that while we have sex, hell yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to watch porn while we have sex, that's always hot. Because I, I don't know. There's that's just... the only reason I would have a TV in my bedroom again. Girl, if I'm getting I was a TV in my bedroom. Up and... I'm kind of excited. Your new place. Yay. Yeah. That's one thing that can be a real um, damper on your sex life is having a roommate. Yeah. (laughs) I've had a roommate for the last, shit, like five or six years. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to be on my own. I'm ready to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a roommate since last September. Um, And it's, I love living by myself. I really do. I'm ready to be alone and just... It's not that I'm antisocial. I have a very public job and I just want to be alone. I'm out all the time. I'm with my friends all the time or I'm at an event or mm-hmm. whatever, um, seeing clients. But I like being able to walk around naked in the morning mm-hmm. or masturbate whenever I want to and be as loud as I want or mm-hmm. have someone come over and be as loud as we want. That's legit what I'm excited mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Yeah, fuck the neighbors. It's different if it's your roommate and you got to look at look them in the eye when you pass them in the hallway. Right. But if it's a neighbor who gives a shit. That's why I'm not, I mean, my 20-minute drive to Gardner for dick is counting down. Like, it's not going to be very long. (laughs) Good luck with that. I know. I'm kind of excited. Yeah. One of the things that you did recently that I love, and I've done one myself, is you did a boudoir shoot. I did. So I want to know more about that. So back in October, I won a free boudoir shoot. Randomly enter on Facebook. I don't win stuff. This isn't me. 
So we couldn't get our schedules to sync up until January. Cool, no problem. I go over there, and so I've never had my makeup professionally done ever. And so I went in, and the makeup lady was phenomenal. Loved her. We talked about music the whole time. My lipstick was pretty badass. So she, um, the photographer, ended up taking pictures of me that I look at it, I'm like, that's not me. That is not me in that picture. So my two pictures were a leather jacket with red lipstick and my hair kind of open like this with mm-hmm. my thumbs hooked in it. And the other one was me standing like this. Mm-hmm. For those who can't see oh. what she's doing right now, putting her hands over her scars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we did those two, and then she gave me this choker. Mm-hmm. She's like, pick a prop. I'm like, okay. So it was this collar that was gold collared and it had all these like rhinestones coming down it. Mm-hmm. Like cascading I, down your chest. Yes. Um, it was amazing. So she had this like sapphire blue round chair in the corner. So I lay down like this from it and she's taking this picture from above and I was like, that's not me. It was amazing. And then the second prop was just a bunch of string of pearls. So with the sassy red lipstick. Yeah. Pearl necklace. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, so you won that. So you had to enter for it. Yep. Was it something that you had wanted to do for a while? Yes. Or just to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish my hair was longer because I would love to do more of a pinup girl style. Mm -hmm. But my hair is just not long enough. Um, Would I do it again? Fuck yeah. Would I spend the money for it? That I can't justify spending money like that on pictures. But it was fun to do. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting two five by sevens to frame and put in my apartment. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mm-hmm. so I've done two shoots now. Um, I did one. Gosh, I want to say twenty seventeen, sixteen. I think it was sixteen, something like that. Um, I wasn't quite to my weight loss goal, but I still felt really confident, really loved myself, so I didn't really care. But this time was with a friend who. I, mean, I paid for the first one, but she was very affordable because she was a friend. But this one, he needed a model, and I was more than willing to. So I haven't got my pictures yet. I'm really excited to see him. But there's something about someone else capturing you. Mm-hmm. That you know, and plus they're such professionals. They know how to get you to like move your body in a certain mm-hmm. way, how to arch your back, how to you know soften your gaze and make your eyes look Mm -hmm. sexier the best way to describe it is it's like a mirror broke that mirrors you so you're seeing the same thing that's always been there but you're seeing it at a different angle and a different light so it's kind of like i see this you know you have four pegs around an arena and you're watching it from this side but when you get down and go to the other peg and you see the same thing from a different perspective it really influences and changes you Mm -hmm. so it's seeing yourself in a different perspective yeah. I just had badass, really badass makeup. <laughs> I love my makeup. Well, you did post a picture of yourself post-makeup mm-hmm. with your outfit on about to go in and do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it didn't look like you. I think it looked very much like you. You don't normally wear lipstick, but um, just I, looked like the, I don't know, the photog-ready version of you. Yeah. It was nice to look in the mirror and You're see You're gorgeous, myself. girl. It's the eye makeup. I was like, oh my God, I am almost 40 years old and I do not know how to do winged eyeliner. <laughs> I'm not great at it. I can never get them to match. I tried last night and I did okay, but it's the not of the wrist. And I can't use chopsticks either. Uh, <laughs> I am the worst. I don't have the, the, the crabby thing. <laughs> but you have very intense blue, like blue green eyes. 
And that's one thing that she commented on. She was like, do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I Great lashes and great skin. Neither of, us, neither of us look 39. That's no. for damn sure. Now, you had a luxury of mm-hmm. getting some lovely treatments for a long time because mm-hmm. you worked in dermatology. But uh, Highly encouraging. I don't feel like when I look at my peers, I'm like, I don't feel like I look that old. I don't think I do either. I really don't. I mean, this last part-time job I had at a restaurant, there were times where I would tell my young, you know, 20-something coworkers that mm-hmm. I was 38, about to be 39. They're like, what? Yep. Nobody was like, oh, okay, yeah, I could see that. Everyone was shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're the same way. So Thanks. You're taking but, good, great care of your skin. Well, it's like, would you come to a dermatologist with crappy skin? Right. So it's, but it is nice to look in the mirror and see myself again with the hair and the makeup and just seeing me come back. Because mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've seen myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the hugest things. Do you feel like doing the boudoir shoot was part of trying to get that? center back hell yes because here i am post-surgical post everything and i don't find myself attractive i look like a fucking potato or a hairless cat seriously so she's always texting me i look like a fucking hairless cat (laughs) or a rotisserie chicken or rotisserie chicken but it's just really hard and so then to see yourself from the angle of the photographer it's like oh shit maybe that's not so bad and plus maybe that's how men that's how your partners are seeing you you know, like, I tell this to women all the time, you know, it's, I've never, never had this conversation with someone that's post-surgery, like mm-hmm. yourself, but I tell women all the time that men are not looking at your stretch marks. Nope. They're not looking at the zit on your ass. They are not looking at, like, the stray hair you missed when you were shaving, or they don't even fucking give a shit how much leg hair you have most of the time, mm-hmm. especially if it's winter. But... <laughs> Most of them are pretty understanding of that, and I appreciate that. But, like, when they're looking at your eyes and they're feeling you, they're not paying attention to a lot of things. Yeah. You know, and so the way that that photographer's looking at you, you know, is probably how a partner's looking at you. They see you in a different light. A strain of rhinestones across my chest Mm -hmm. laid out on a blue pillow. Mm Mm-hmm. No, she was amazing. She was amazing. Loved her. Loved her vibe. Her camera's name was Lois. Mm. I'm glad I did it. If you're on the fence about doing it, I, I'd say you got to do it once. Lee Gunn Emmerich, or LG Emmerich Photography. Her Facebook is LGE Merrick Photography. Same for the website. Um, you can find her through there. Does she work with anybody? Does she have a specialty focus? She is a certified boudoir photographer. Mm. Yes, so she has all the fun shit, and um, she does weddings and boudoir shoots. That's her thing. That's why it took so long for me to get in mm-hmm. from October to January. But kick-ass lady, fun, cool energy. So she has like sectioned off part of her house and put all these different props, like a furry rug, and then like have you have you lay on your back and kick your legs up the wall and take pictures of you. Just all this mm-hmm. different stuff. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took eighty pictures originally, narrowed it down to thirteen, and I only got two. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. I do it. If you're on the fence, do it. You have to do it once. Yeah. It made me chuckle because I'm old and it made me think of glamour shots. <laughs> but for those of you. Oh, my God. Well, because you are getting your makeup mm-hmm. and your hair done. You're getting styled in your clothes. Yep. And, like, it's not. There is a bit of a sense on styled shoots like that that it's mm-hmm. not you for that purpose. Because Correct. it wasn't 
probably how you would have normally done your your makeup and maybe slightly different on your hair mm-hmm. um and and clothes that aren't yours even if they're your style they're just probably still not yours so fun story about that jacket i have always wanted a black leather jacket mm-hmm. a nice one i found that motherfucker for 15 dollars at one of my all-time favorite thrift stores so i have that one i have a white leather one and mm-hmm. a brown leather one all from the same thrift store the place is a hidden gem i love thrifting man God, it is therapeutic. Yeah. So I did wear my own clothes for both of my shoots. But yeah, a lot of times people are going in and it's just, it's not, it's not them. It's not their space. Yeah, I guess I can also see that that can add to the element of feeling like it's not you. Um, You said you felt like it helped you. Oh yeah. It's definitely seeing myself that way. I was like, okay, you know, I'm getting back to me. That is me. Mm -hmm. And when you haven't seen yourself in the face physically in the mirror for over for almost a year, Mm -hmm. you kind of miss it. Yeah. You're back. Yep. I see it. Bitches. (laughs) Fuck you. Ain't going nowhere. Nope. Good. Because you're one of my soul sisters. I need Mm. you around. I'll just come and knock. When I die, I'll come as a ghost and knock on your door when you masturbate. That's fine. If if I hear three knocks on the pipe, I know it's you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Break your concentration. (laughs) Yes. But God damn it, Kelly. Mm -hmm. Stop watching me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that is, uh, okay, so that's one thing I've had to compartmentalize away is the idea that spirit always sees you, you know, the, the, the people who have been in your life, whatever. Yeah, I got to block that part out, too. Yeah, because yeah. the nasty shit that I do sometimes, I don't want to think about nope. them watching down, judging me. Nope. <laughs> I'm a thousand percent with you. <laughs> but I know that if they, they might be, like, cheering for me or clapping or giving me some snaps sometimes, but other times I'm sure like, oh, God. Yeah, like, we don't know her. Hopefully once you're in the spirit life, judgment is alleviated. And yeah. you're just more open. And it's our perception of your reaction is the reality. Okay, I'm just going to change my... They're all up there going like, yeah, girl, get it. Ride that dick. Okay, anyway. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and do your okay. card reading. So if you... I've already shuffled, so if you will split that... Okay, just a one card draw here. So, ooh, explain what we have here for the listeners. Well, Seven of water. Yeah, you have the Scorpio symbol. Mm-hmm. I hate shower sex, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so tell, tell us what's on That's the so card. That's so funny. So on this card, it's a lady in the shower and something watching from the doorway. I hate shower sex because that's my lady time. That's my girl time. Once I'm done doing my thing, you can come in there, but... Well, to me, that looks more like what you talked about being watched. That, yeah, I could that definitely... looks more like someone's just being a voyeur. I could definitely see the voyeur aspect of this card. But I see the Scorpio symbol, so it's definitely a sexual card. Mm-hmm. Scorpio is a sexual. And that explains the water. And I mean, like, I see the symbolism in it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I'm curious what this means. Well, of course, you know, the water suit corresponds to cups and it has to do with the sense of sight and spiritual and emotional sphere mm-hmm. and water controls our daydreams, mental images, lure of the unknown and of exotic and adventurous situations. And it's also that part of the attraction, which comes from what is irrational and from romantic desire. Hmm. So since you had the seven, of course, the seven is about your, your imagination, your whimsy, mm-hmm. your fantasy, mm-hmm. intangible danger, the taboo stuff. Um, Venus and Scorpio is what that card is all about. And it's about the need to love ardently and secretly. 
I can all about, I'm all about loving secretly. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that shit. You don't need your partners running around telling everybody. Of course, here I am telling everybody my business <laughs> on my podcast all the time. So that's different. This is more, <laughs> this is more of an educational, like, yeah, yeah. I do kind of feel like my podcast is a roadmap for my future partner to know how to. I know. I was going to say, listen, (laughs) listen, if there's somebody out there that's into rotisserie chicken bodies, that is an ass man because that's about all I got left that doesn't want any kids and is not intimidated by my sexuality or my cancer. Fucking hit me up, man. Hell yeah. I'm easy. I shouldn't say I'm easy. I'm simple. Like Valentine's Day. You're an amazing human. Well, like Valentine's Day, I don't want all the bullshit. I just want dinner and sex. Take me to sushi, and we're going to fuck when we get home. Cool. I posted, buy me candy and rub my butt. Girl, I just want my butt rubbed every night until I fall asleep. All about the booty rubs. Mm -hmm. And then once I'm asleep, get off me. I'm hot. (laughs) I just, I can't, I'm all about, I hate PDA, but behind closed doors, I am a very cuddly person. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't like PDA, period. It makes me uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. coming from a voyeur exhibitionist. PDA makes me so fucking uncomfortable. Like, I can't handle it. Hmm. Interesting. I don't care if it's me PDA, the old people in the corner PDA. I am dying. But my, I mean, I can, I have a good idea why I'm this way. Which is? Lack of physical affection. Totally. I mean, I get it. Like, growing up, in my marriage, like, physical affection is something I've definitely had to learn post-marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not into PDA. Like, if you want to, like, hold my hand, okay. Like, touch my butt, okay. But outside of that, don't fucking molest me. We're not making out. Like, nothing like that. Yeah. I just, I can't. Because I feel like everybody is staring at me. I can't put my face getting red. Like, yeah. I don't like any of it. I do like holding hands. And I do like hugging. And I'll do a quick kiss, but like to make out in front of a bunch Mm-mm. of other people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, if we're off by ourselves and it's not our friends, and it's not people that I know, and I don't think anybody's watching me, I might make out in a bar. <laughs> but I try to... And, at least with someone I'm dating, not with the new guy. I don't make out in bars with new guys. I'd um, rather have a rando make out session in a bar because I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have that. I don't know. Definitely had the random make out sessions on the dance floor when I was younger. Mm, mm-hmm, or just in the bar. Mm, Those were always fun. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, that was so nice. See ya. Bye. I love that. And I think that's why I like the out of town partner thing. I think that's why I like guys who are just here on business for three weeks, a month, whatever, you come to Kansas City, whatever. I think that's why I like that. No strings attached. Nope. I'm just here to have a good time while you're here. I think that is my preference. It's probably websites for that. What? I had to look into this then. <laughs> I don't know. Bumble's been pretty good. Well, I think a lot of people that are traveling get on the dating apps when they're in a new city mm-hmm. just to like... Mm-hmm. get out and meet people and I know I, I did that a few times when I was traveling totally like I used it in Vegas like it was great mm-hmm. um but here I'm like oh you're in Kansas City for three weeks sweet oh you come to Kansas City once a month fuck yeah like you want to go have drinks that night like what do you want to do mm-hmm. like I can plan it around that as opposed to Jesus I have to see you I just don't want that dread of damn it's Sunday I have to see you again you know what I mean like fuck like kids Saturday night Sunday Whatever, and then I'm gonna go home. <laughs> I do laundry. <laughs> I You're wanting a little less expectation, and yeah, yeah expectations just... lead to disappointments. And I definitely, it's all about living in the moment, the vibe, the chemistry we have. I hate that question. Like, what do you want? Like, it's gonna be based on our chemistry and how we click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people ask me what I'm looking for, and I'm like, 
I mean, I am out there looking mm-hmm. for my long-term partner mm-hmm. in life. But in the meantime, I'm going to get out and have some fun, yep. meet new people. It, even if I don't think there's any long-term potential, if you're a good human and we mm-hmm. have good energy together, yeah, let's just have some fun. Yeah. And that's my answer. It's like expectations lead to disappointments. I need to know how our chemistry is. It could be something more or, hey, I just meet a new friend. Mm-hmm. I just don't have that. And then the sexual conversation comes in and then I'm like, slutty McSlutterson. <laughs> Perpetual booty call situation. Anyway. Mm, I've been in that friend been, benefit zone. I've been called worse, so, you know. That's kind of where I like the out of town because I'm not going to see you again. One last question that okay. just made me think of. Do you like or are you opposed to slightly degrada- degradation, like is what I'm trying to get at, like things like dirty little slut or so, um, okay. spitting or I don't know. like No just spitting. Things. No mm-hmm. spitting. Yeah, I love uh, verbal mm-hmm. to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not do it to you because I can't do that. Mm-hmm. That is a hard fuck no. Mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to do that to someone. Um, I don't mind like the name calling like dirty little slut, you're my bitch, you know, whatever. Like that doesn't bother me. Don't spit on me. I don't like the slap. Like I don't like anything like that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I don't like facials. You can come any fucking where you want, but there. Depends on how much they come. Because to me, it is so degrading and dirty. It is not attractive. It is not sexual. Like, I can't even watch that shit in porn. It bothers me. You know what I can't watch in porn is when they're doing anal and then they, like, come in their mouths. Like, you're going to get sick. Hepatitis. Oh, God. (laughs) Girl, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I've had all my head shots. I've had my hep A and hep B, so I'm good. But um. See, and I just, I don't. Because that was the thing you were saying when I told you I finally ate a guy's ass. You're like, all I can think about is hepatitis. I was like, bitch, I've had my immunizations because of all my foreign travel. So I I just, and that's the nursing aspect I can't turn off. I've got slight OCD. So there are things that, there was one time that someone put his finger in my mouth. I was like, I slapped it away. I was like, wasn't that just in my ass? And he goes, yeah. I was like, dude. No. See, no, 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 no. No. If your finger goes in my butt, it stays there, and it's the only thing it's used for. Like, you don't use it for anything else. Like, if you want to do that to me, cool. I, I can't eat your ass. I'm sorry. I just cannot reciprocate because all I think of is hepatitis. <laughs> okay, I really just caught myself because in my head I was like, I won't let a guy put his finger in my mouth after it's been in my ass, but I'll totally kiss the guy after he's licked my asshole. <laughs> Licking your asshole is one thing. Penetrating your ass is a different thing. Well, I mean, he kind of got in there a little bit. Like, you know. That's still, just, to me, that's in my, and this is so contradictory. To me, that's different. You're not like. I know. Yeah. yeah. Knuckled steep. Your tongue's not that long. I wouldn't think. Yeah. No. It's not. So. Yeah. <laughs> but there, the first time a guy went to kiss me after he licked my asshole, I was like. Like recoiled away. I was like, no, you can kiss my cheek. I'm not kissing. Like, I can't no, do go, ATM. Go, go, go. ATM is just it's odd. ATM's ass to mouth for those folks oh, out there who God. aren't familiar. It's that, and then once your dick has been in my ass, that is you're gonna. Come. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's it. You're either gonna come inside me or you're gonna come on my back. You're not putting you it pick. back in my vagina. No. Like, fuck no. I, although I did have a partner a couple months ago that we were doing anal, best anal ever because I finally discovered Uber Lube, um, mm. and he didn't want to finish in my ass, so he just he. Went and took a quick shower, washed off, and came back and put another condom on and went back to vaginal. So that's the only way you should ever, ever do that. You cannot go from vaginal to anal back to vaginal. No. I mean, from a medical standpoint, there's so much bacteria that lives there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And not in other places. It's not meant to be in your vagina. It's meant to be in your anus, in your rectum. So, yeah. And that that was a big thing in Vegas is people that are, like, bleaching their assholes and then douching anally before sex and things like that i'm like what it's unnecessary it's right 
if you're putting that much thought into it, maybe you shouldn't do that. You just need to eat right that day. Or yeah, do a liquid diet. Whatever you need to do, but not that. Because that you're cleaning away that good bacteria that's mm-hmm. there. Yeah, enemas and douches are not healthy. Fuck no. No. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> leaving off on the that note. <laughs> God, we talked about some really amazing shit today. Good. Good. I love it. My, my current partners are going to get a kick out of some of the stories I told mm-hmm. about them. Cheers to you, dear. Nice. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called The Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media, by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.